Okay. Hey there. Trying uh, going like this? Yeah. Right on the hands. Okay. All right. This is a uh, colder edition of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast brought to you by Compassion International. I understand eating right now uh-huh. is a good way to keep warm. Chewing? Um, no, it's just that, like the fact that you are spending so much of your energy and calories. I'm just, just going to chew the whole time while you Trying talk. to stay warm. I'm still going to chew. You're not even chewing anything. This is weird. I know. Give me some gum. Somebody give me some gum. <sighs> Get the intern in here. Listen, if they're telling you to eat, you should take advantage of that. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's All right. Fair. So listen, it's Rochelle and Carter here. We talk about what we're going through in our uh, quiet times, hence the anything but quiet time. It's a bit of a, an out loud version of that. And a lot of the country where we live certainly has been affected by power outages and at the very least, a whole bunch of snow and cold weather. Absolutely. And obviously, we've seen this wave going across the United States, mm-hmm. affecting places it's never affected before. In our area, actually, the last time it was temperatures like this, these kinds of conditions, it was like 122 years ago. Yeah. Which... So I know it got pretty cold 30 years ago. And then the the amount of snow mm-hmm. was that Valentine's Day of 1890, whatever. Yeah, I know. It's at, crazy. At that point, they didn't have like... Area Official things. space heater lamp type things. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, so, that's true, like, too. So, like, their ink could have frozen, and it could have actually been longer than that, but we didn't know. Yeah, yeah that's true. It well, thawed, and then they could finally Also, share. how do they measure that back then? I mean, it was just some guy with his finger in the air after he licked it. Oh, it's negative seven. I'm sure they had science and equipment. Galileo see, was way before that. Did you see how they took photos back then? They started. They, they thought the camera was taking their soul. Not they everybody. Stood, uh, a lot of people <laughs> back then. Yes, I'm making 1800s jokes at the expense of 1800s well, people. Have you seen some of those photos? I think the camera did take their soul. <laughs> They weren't smiling, Robin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so we're having some fun in the midst of just what we've been dealing with. And maybe you live in a, a warm area. Uh, but uh, I certainly, I think it's been a good lesson on, in the midst of circumstances, trying to choose joy. Mm. And also not getting on the bitterness bandwagon. Speak more about that because it's super easy. I found myself on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I even, I think. I might have been driving it a couple of times. Were you driving it? In my own family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It it took some real wake-up calls with my children when they started kind of sharing in the frustration. What do you call children when they get too cold? (laughs) Chill, Dren. See, I, I, we're Sorry. here to try to spread joy. Right. You're getting on the bitterness bandwagon yeah, with this podcast. Right back yeah, on. that's exactly right. So, uh, okay, in our area, uh, the power has, has really been affected. Uh, the energy is just not there because of power plants freezing over and all that. And so a lot of people are are pointing the finger at the power plant people, the state agency that is is running all this and yeah. going, it's your fault. <laughs> and in reality, I think it is. Um, but I, I just think that. Why do we always, in the midst of whatever circumstance, even if it, it's an accident? Yeah. It's some, the cold. I'm sorry. I sneezed. Pardon me. Bless you. Gesundheit. Um, why do we always have to point the finger? And I think that's what the world does. That's what unbelievers well, do. Can I just also, the moment you said that, mm-hmm. what, did you, what do you think of the first circumstance in the Bible mm-hmm. of pointing the finger? Where does that come Adam from? Adam and Eve. Uh, she did it. Uh, <laughs> this woman you gave me. Yeah, this Actually, woman you, you gave me. if you think about yeah. it, I don't even know if he was pointing his finger at Eve or was he pointing it at God. 
Yeah, that's this that's true. This woman you gave me. That's true. You see, it's never our fault, never right? Our fault. And so that's why. Now, granted, this is is you know dealing with a circumstance like this. It's not anybody's fault, but it's still. It just always seems like it could be a complete accident. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody had a truck bed full of marbles, and it accidentally. Just by happenstance, even though they double and triple checked it, the marbles came loose and somebody slipped on them. And somebody, you know, somebody's going to get sued. I mean, you just know. And I think this was frustrating to me as a believer, especially when I see other believers, just the impatience of 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 going. No, certainly, I mean, things have to right rights wrongs have to be righted. Yes, somebody's responsible. Who fell on the marbles and it was an accident, and you need medical assistance. But especially if you don't, people take advantage of. Well, the irreparable harm that, okay, okay. I know some certain situations, that's true. And then some, it's like, we can't just let it go. It's got to be somebody's fault. And so even a situation like this, where the power has been out for literally millions of people where Rochelle oh, and I live. And people have passed away. It's and been pe- so It's cold. a serious situation. Very serious. But there's, there's just this blame going and there's mm-hmm. never patience. And then I look at something like this, where uh, we live in the Houston area. And downtown Houston, one of these nights where a lot of the suburbs did not have any power to heat their homes, the skyscrapers were just glowing or just lit up. You know, it was just like the typical normal Houston skyline. And somebody said somebody took a picture of it and said, this is Houston tonight. You see the suburbs all black and downtown all glowing. And uh, somebody said, our cold evening sky haunted by the obscene radiant glow of empty corporate owned skyscrapers while 5 million Texans freeze in the dark. Mm. And you look at that, and I instantly had a reaction, like, how dare they? How dare they? Yeah. But then you stop to think about it, and you go, okay, the people that work in those buildings are people that most likely live in the suburbs, Mm -hmm. and they're being told to not get on the roads because of the ice, so they aren't just going to go downtown and shut off the building. Um, what if the building is a generator, if all those have generators and we just didn't know, see, I mean, this is just going by a tweet, right? Maybe there are factual things about this, but you you just instantly see a Facebook post or a tweet and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of going, wait a minute, what if they just couldn't do it remotely? What if they couldn't get down there? What if these are generators? And I, I just really, you know, see this verse in James, James 1, 19. Understanding this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Yeah. Because and does in, it benefit you? I mean, honestly, yeah. what if what if they are account like they were at fault? Let's call them the, the these are the horrible people and they purposefully did this. Uh-huh. Okay. Sure. Or they just didn't care enough to try to set, you know, precautions and protocol in place. And that's a possibility. But does it merit you at all, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, to react in a way that just causes bitterness to grow in you? That's a very good point. Let's just even say that we know those facts to be true. Uh, Does it help us? Absolutely not. But also, why are we having a reaction before we know those facts? And and truly, the people who have, who may be family members of the 31 folks who have lost their lives, certainly have cause to emotionally respond to the things that are taking place right now. Um, am I one of those people? Uh, and even then, I think there would be, uh, the, like, the purpose of a pastor or, or a dear friend to come alongside them and say, I know you're grieving. I know that there are steps in this grieving process. One of them is anger, you know, and there's all these kinds of things that, 
we want to get to a healthier place. And so that's why the scripture is set in place. It's like, if you respond in this way, it is going to be for your best, ultimately God's glory and holding people accountable. We kind of get obsessed with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to, all right, but am I in charge of being the one to hold people accountable? Well, but I'm a consumer. I'm yeah. part of the city. I was a part of their carelessness or, or whatever. I think there's a measured way to go about it. And God knows of what spirit I am doing things out of. You know, he sees my heart. He sees my head. He sees my emotional state. And he knows whether it's a righteous indignation or wrong. Yeah. And so I'm not going to probably be working out of a righteous indignation place uh, <laughs> if I'm heated and upset. I need to maybe take a beat, take it to God in prayer. And if I'm one of those that needs to speak up and say, listen, I was one of the families affected by careless choices. Again, if this is careless, I'm going worst case scenario. Right, right, you right. Know? But I, I'm I'm grateful you brought up that scripture. Well, and it's it should be for any situation, whatever the um, the circumstances are, especially in something that's you know not life threatening. But but even then, and you you talk about what is I, I think that's why it's an interesting balance in the in the society that we live in, because as a consumer, as a voter, even we'll say, uh, you should vote and even petitions and things like that. Let's say. This needs action needs to be taken. Yeah, we the we, people. We the people yeah. can step up and take action. But I guess more so what I, I think is just damaging and not helpful are careless social media posts. And it, it unfortunately, we had the luxury before social media of having a careless word or thought only be, being heard by a handful of people. Mm-hmm. And now something like this has, I mean, what I'm seeing has gone viral. And so now thousands of people see it, get on the bitterness bandwagon and go, yeah, without all the evidence of, wait a minute, all those individual buildings Mm -hmm. have a different story, potentially. And why are we um, berating them before we even know what the situation is? If it is a generator situation, then then it's going off of a generator. It's not affecting anybody. Yeah. If it's not, and if it's a, if it's a, uh, you know, there's a million different things that could happen. I just, I honestly, I think the thing that sticks out, even above being angry, because like you said, you might have cause to be angry, quick to listen and slow mm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I just blurt out how I feel, you ever do that with like your spouse or something? Oh, do you I know, do that? They can, yes. You, you know, they're like, hey, so I, I, um, Let's say you had a budget plan and they come home and they're like, hey, so I grabbed lunch today because and before they can get out because you go, you said last night we're on a budget. You said it. You said blah, 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 blah. Because somebody blessed me with a gift card today. Oh, 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 well, yes. Well, wait a second. What if there isn't even a gift card? (laughs) Okay. Let, Let me go ahead and share what happened to me a couple of days ago, a hotel situation where I left my Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. My husband bought me this watch, and it's been kind of an ongoing thing between the two of us. He bought it for me. I I never asked him to purchase this very nice gift for me. He surprised me Mm -hmm. with it. Um, I am notoriously famous for leaving technology to the wayside, and that's one of the reasons why he bought me the watch. He's like, I can never get a hold of you, but if you've got the watch on, then you'll know I'm calling or texting. So 
He's Irwin. monitoring you. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not that person. But I do show up a lot on a lot of maps that I see in his <laughs> in his email box. No. But no, the point being, uh, he would notice every once in a while. He's like, you're not wearing your watch. Oh, so I knew it was um, it was a sensitive point for him. And he was really trying to release it. Be like, Rochelle, I get it. Um, I'm just going to let it go. Going to let it go. Of all things for me to leave in the hotel room. And I had best of intentions. I'd actually put it on like this little saddle place where you can put your watch and have it um, recharge. I was mm-hmm. really so excited that I was doing right by the watch and keeping it safe. And then in a hurry, I had to leave the hotel, packed up everything super quick, and someone took the watch. Mm. Uh, when I went back for it, it was, of course, gone. Tracked it. Yes, indeed, it had been stolen. It, it's elsewhere. And now I Did have you, to have... Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Yes. Do you know where it is? Uh, yeah, it's in Huffman, show Texas. Show up. Show oh, I would well, show up. The problem is, the problem is, is that like last, the, I think they might, it, the, that's they, they the turned it on. Carter. I know, but I'm sorry. If you know, I would show up at their front door and be like, hey, um, this this is Officer So-and-so. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> of course, again, we're in the middle of a crisis here. Yeah, right, right, right. Easier said than done. And I had to have a conversation with my husband who was incredibly gracious. And I was just hoping that it would not wound him. But it's one of those things. It's like he knows my heart. We've had a relationship for years. And it still is going to take him a beat to step back from the situation and remind himself, I know my wife did not intend mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. This was not something she was purposefully setting out to do. Could she have been more guarded? Could she have used more caution? Of course. Am I going to shed grace? And so, I mean, yes, every single circumstance is going to probably require a different measurement Uh, In terms of like, no, I'm not asking for you to allow society to walk all over you and never to address the situation when when it it calls to be addressed. But at the same time, it's like, God, in your infinite wisdom, would you help me maneuver through this, navigate through this, learn and glean from your word? Not only that, but he tells us to do good to our enemies, to pray for people, to bless those that curse you. Am I doing that before I go and confront individuals that may have done me wrong? You know, because it puts things into a godly perspective. And I want to have his perspective on these things, not an earthly, worldly one, Mm -hmm. but a Mm -hmm. heavenly one. Yeah, I I see. I've really um, because I really try to weigh my words as much as possible. But I have been encouraged with some of the bluntness of Paul in the New Testament. Mm. And so you think about, like you said, every situation is different. What measure are you going to speak to? So certainly some families would be um, more oh, passionate about buildings, you know, that absolutely. we're being right now. Yeah. Um, and you think about, I always kind of try to weigh how much emotion needs to, in something that I do, mm. how much emotion needs to be in this because I want it to be calculated and precise and the right thing. But sometimes, you know, you, you see a family that's begging the uh, kidnapper to bring so-and-so home, Yeah. you know, Something that's blunt and and poignant, but emotional. Sure, you are hurting us. I yeah. mean, it's emotion, and that should be said right then. And yeah. so, I don't know, just trying to weigh all that. But I of know course. you don't want it to go to a careless thing. I think again, it goes back to the heart of the individual who is sharing. Are you sharing from a place that is benefiting you alone in this selfish moment of of hurt and mm-hmm. bitterness and anger? Mm-hmm. 
or are you being selfless in in trying to serve a community, uh, in trying to serve a greater good, in trying to serve God, number one? So I, it really does go back to that. And the Holy Spirit will check you on it if you're checking in with him. Yeah, maybe just a quick example. It would be some something like, let's say Ralph is the person at work that they you go you go try to eat your food that you brought at lunchtime, and Ralph is the guy that eats everybody's food. You know the person that eats your food out of the fridge? Yeah, I know okay. that guy. Let's say that... Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> um, let's say Ralph is that guy. Okay, so, let's call him Ralph uh, Carter. Ralph, yeah, he eats so much <laughs> Ralph's afterwards. Sorry, <laughs> and so so let's say he eats everybody's food, and everybody knows this is a problem. We're all talking about Ralph, and so finally you have a couple of options. You could, in front of everybody, make a joke about Ralph's weight and tie it back to the fact that it's because he eats everybody's food and you embarrass him and cut him down in front of everybody and it felt good. Or you could still with emotion in front of everybody go, hey, we want you to know that we're aware and it's not right and it's not cool and we'd appreciate it if you would stop. You know, and I, you have two different things there. You have actually a third option, which is to take him aside and not embarrass him in front of everybody, too. Yeah, it depends. I mean, right? It depends on it. I mean, and it's not even you're trying to embarrass him. It's yeah. that it's that it, you are with the group of people that everyone, everybody there. I don't think you should do it in front of like the hundred employees that it doesn't affect. But yeah. if you're in front of the ten people that he steals meals from, and you're all in the same situation, perhaps you all go, "Hey, this isn't cool. Stop eating our food. Stop." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so what's the intention? Are yeah. you trying to embarrass or trying to actually fix the situation? Yeah, what? And, and God knows, yeah, he yeah. knows. Yeah. In fact, he knows better than you do about your own heart. What? He knows exactly. And sometimes you're surprised when you discover, and he allows you to discover because you check in with him. He'll he'll show you. In fact, David's prayer in the Psalms: "Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me mm-hmm. if there's any evil in me." He wanted to know, and that's a bold prayer to pray. Search my heart and know me. Test. Whoa. I know there's stuff in there that needed Jesus to cleanse and needs to be cleansed out on a daily basis. Um, you know, I we're seeing these patterns in society. It's it's so funny if you ever go through and this is where I'm at in quiet time is the book of numbers uh, moving through alongside the Israelites. And just the amount of complaining alone is mm-hmm. enough to make you want to just. Yeah, you are over it. More than once, God tells Moses, I'm going to take him out. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-time event where he says that, and Moses gets down on his knees, uh, sometimes with his brother Aaron, and pleads for these people. You got us out of Egypt. What is everybody going to say? They're going to say, aren't these the people that God brought him out, and he's not powerful enough to 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 bring him into our land? You know, These are the, the kinds of arguments that Moses is making on behalf of the people. There is complaint after complaint after complaint. Miriam and Aaron are the siblings of Moses, and they start to turn on Moses and complain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That doesn't go well for them. And then the people themselves, like that, are put in charge of priestly duties, which makes me think of Nacho Libre, priestly duties, dead guy duties. Uh, but they were in charge of setting up the tabernacle and tearing it down. And yeah. some of those guys are like, "Hey, you know, we're in charge of stuff. God talks to us. We, you know, we're." <laughs> We're a part of this too. What makes you so special? Those families get wiped out pretty much because it's like, all right, you know what? We'll take it to God. Yeah. Whoever he wants to be the leader. God's like, I thought I made this super clear, but just in case it's not, like he takes out their families. Part of the earth swallows people. The next day 
It's this is the way it reads in scripture anyway. It's like the next day it feels like they're complaining again about something else. <laughs> Ain't that the complaint, truth? Complaint, complaint, complaint. And so I can roll my eyes about that or I could say, Lord, I know that humankind is all in the same boat. Yeah. We are constantly. You have just saved us from this set of circumstances over here or you have blessed our family. We've received that word. He just answered a prayer in a way that we've been on our knees about. And two seconds later, I'm already mumbling about something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God forgive me. Mm -hmm. So uh, we ain't no saint except for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. This morning I had this again revealed like, Lord, I am unworthy. I am so not worthy of, of the salvation you provided through God. And yet you give it to me freely. You died for me. You gave everything for me. If there is any good in me, it's because you, you have put your spirit in me. You've given me this gift. Um, I am not my own anymore. I was bought at a price. Mm -hmm. What an incredible revelation. So, should I allow myself to get into a pattern of bitterness and complaining? What does it behoove me or my God? Nothing. It doesn't, it's not a good way to reveal Christ and his love for humanity. It's not a good way. Hey, here's an open door opportunity to share the love of Christ mm -hmm. by just listing my frustrations and complaints. Don't get me wrong. They, I have done it uh -huh. with people. I, and I, I say, the word I use for it is I, I just need to vent. Just uh -huh. Let me vent. I don't feel better after I vent. No, no. And have you ever noticed, because I've done this where, I mean, my, my goodness, even my parents, even my wife, you know, I I start to complain about something and then I see their eyes kind of glaze over. Uh, Nobody really wants to hear it. Yeah. They're yeah I mean, it. this is my, the people closest to me in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about something, you know, I'm thinking about a, a former boss, you know, it's just like, oh, this happened and that happened. And they're just kind of glazing over it. <laughs> it helps. No one. Yeah, because it makes them feel bad. So why would I listen to that? Yeah. Or maybe they are listening and it makes them more enraged about your situation. And and now there's there's like enmity or strife between them and that person you're frustrated with or a set of circumstances. That's certainly a possibility. But in this situation, it was they were Not bored. Necessarily. They're just bored. bored. Yeah. Yeah. So the other night, my son very humanly came to me and and... Let me, let me just say this. When you have close members of your family, I'm not saying you shouldn't bring something to their attention, especially if you need prayer about it. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. it's your child, they are looking to you for help and advice. And then the scripture tells me it is my duty as the parent to train them up in the way they should go. And so here we are sitting in the dark because the electricity is out. And my son tells me, my 14-year-old child, this is one of two. He could think of another one. Worst days of my life. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not bleeding. He's not, nothing visibly, but my son has Asperger's. He has autism. We've been, we've been told it's very difficult for him to deal with changing walls. Mm. So now we're in another person's house and their electricity just went out and it, it, this is becoming very overwhelming. And he just was very open and honest about it. And I so appreciate that about, about him. And we started right then and there saying, let's talk about the things and ways we can praise God for today because he's answering prayer, whether we, whether it's the way we, we wanted it to be answered, you know, mm -hmm. why can't he just answer it the way I want it to be answered? I mean, yeah, I've had those thoughts. Absolutely. I've had those thoughts, but God is like there because I've got something deeper for you. I've got something better for you. 
can you trust me in this? So I'm going to find in this moment what I can praise him for, and I'm going to let him take me higher. What was it? You were showing me that uh, Matthew Henry quote. Is that right? Oh, my word. Wasn't that an amazing story? I got that from, of all people, Max Lucado, sharing the story of Matthew Henry. Which, who is that? I honestly don't know. It's like this guy from the 1800s was sharing about a robbery. Okay. So he says, because I'm closer, so I'll read it. Okay. I am, he, he got robbed. He says, I'm thankful. Let me, let me reflect on what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that he never robbed me before. I'm thankful that although he took my wallet, he did not take my life. Mm. Although he took all I had, it was not much. And I'm glad that it was I who was robbed, not I who did the robbing. Isn't that amazing? Four incredible things to be thankful for. And you I got have robbed. been robbed. I've never, I never thought that list through. <laughs> the Apple Watch. That's exactly well, right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, That's fascinating. But there's always room to grow, isn't there? Uh, speaking of growth, Hope Notes. Yes. With Compassion International. Hope grows you. And if you don't have hope, well, then you're kind of extinguishing your own light. You know what I mean? It's like, gosh, what, what's it all about, right? And that is why I get real excited about Compassion International sharing the love and light and hope of Jesus Christ so that people don't feel like that. They Mm. know that there is a plan God has for their lives. Um, Compassion International, you can find out more at HopeOnDemand.com. It's helped with the the physical needs of kids in other countries. When you have $38 a month that you can give, and it's it's not just uh, to an organization, it's specifically for a child, uh, a real person that you're sponsoring. You get to write letters to them. You can correspond. And so, yeah, it does help with the the food and the education itself. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if you were just in circumstances in a country like Kenya, where you might even get physical help in that regard, but then you start to think, well, what is the point of life, though? Yeah. Well, that's where the message of Jesus comes Absolutely. in and reminds them, hey, this, this ain't it. And yeah. that's that's awesome. We're going to help you for the now, but this ain't it. And clearly, I, that that strikes people everywhere on this planet, not just yeah. Kenya. Yeah, that's true. We're specifying Kenya, though, because we know about two kids. One little guy just turned two years old. The other is 18 years old, both sponsored by the same person the same day. No, they don't know each other. But the reason why the sponsor wanted to to cover the needs of both children is because, number one, one's just starting out. And I think a lot of people, when they go online, they see the pictures, they're like, oh, the babies, they're so cute. Yeah. We can really make a difference in their world. Don't forget the older kids, too. True. And True. that's where the sponsor was like, I want to make sure this 18-year-old is loved on because his grade education level is still at first grade level. And he may be feeling hopeless Mm. i'm not where i'm supposed to be with my education dot 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 but now he's going to receive what he needs and be reminded of the hope that is only found through jesus christ and that's huge that's the thing jesus can change anybody at any time we saw the thief on the cross you know the last parts of his life and i kind of have a habit of sometimes of of eventually the child's old enough if a person is old enough yeah. You just kind of write them off. You're like, well, they're they're hopeless. You know, they're yeah. they're not going to pan out to anything. No, you don't have to sponsor a young child. You certainly could, and I understand that. But there is hope. Oh, the yes. hope of Jesus is involved. There's hope for an 18 year old or a 19 year old. My goodness. If they pose for a picture for compassion, then they're aware mm-hmm. that there might be something more than they know about right now. 
So again, Compassion International, opendemand.com, same place where you found us. That's exactly right, potentially, unless you just Googled Quiet Time Podcast on Apple or something. And you're like, who are these nut jobs? And then and you took a chance, didn't you? <laughs> take a chance, take a chance. Uh, no, hopeondemand.com, great website with a ton of resources, not just this podcast, other podcasts, articles, videos. Uh, and in the meantime, we will see you next week. Yes, we will. 